Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. See this? This is my boomstick! Welcome to the Banter Booth, everybody. This week, it's all Batman-centered in this episode. We are going to be joined by, as always, the phenomenal Michael Bannock. I thought you were the... going to say Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you notice how he fucked up the word phenomenal there for a second? <laughs> yeah. All right, and the fantastic, the lovely, the sexy, the bearded Chris DeFreitas. Yo, yo. Love having you guys here. It's a bit of a reunion, almost one year since we did our Marvel Spectacular. So it's really? only appropriate wow. oh, we do yeah. our Batman one. It's yeah, true. Exactly. So much has happened with Marvel, too. I know. Even when we did that episode, there was like a bunch of announcements that happened like a week afterwards, like new shows, premiere dates. And we were like, okay, I'll be yeah, this shows episode we're behind. Out. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. Oh, like we just had this conversation and then <laughs> it all comes out after. It's like, oh, it's cool. But I liked how we did talk about the early beginnings of the fact yeah. that the original Spider-Man or like the other Spider-Man were going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And we were oh. like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. We were seven yeah. months ahead of everybody. We were already like on board <laughs> for this reunion. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, literally, we were like, no chance they're not in it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm glad we kind of waited for this episode only because if we had done it last week, we would have missed the deleted scene that was just released. Yeah. I know. Batman, which is great. Now we have more stuff to talk about. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Joker scene. Um, why don't we just let's just start with the thoughts of, of the movie first before we dive into anything like that, though. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, uh, like that. Chris, I haven't actually heard what you had to think about the movie. Overall thoughts. Um, my overall thoughts was, I mean, I've already seen it twice. Um, I fucking loved it so much. I like for me, in my honest opinion, this is like the Batman I've been wanting to see on screen for quite some time Um, because I I didn't start reading comics till like later in life till I was about like 18 or 19. I started collecting. collect everything. What's going on in the background? Oh, yeah. Susie's watching paranormal activity. (laughs) Violent streams in the background. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the end. So it's getting it's getting crazy right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, <laughs> while you're I was talking, concerned you're... too. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, there's his neighbor getting there's someone locked in his bathroom." <laughs> yeah. Someone is locked in our bathroom. <laughs> um. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. So I was reading like the comics and stuff like that, and um, and yeah. So, like, in my opinion, it, I find it was like the very closest, uh, like version to like the Batman from the comics because you know we never got a Batman. You know, Batman never really had too much detective work. Like, even in The Dark Knight, like, you know, he would be like, fingerprint, recreate the bullet. 
and then it's like there and then it's like it's all there and then he finds mm-hmm. out exactly where it is it just seemed like too convenient i find it in his detective work where in this one we get to see him kind of like struggle to figure it out you know like a lot i know a lot of people didn't like the fact that you know some of the stuff was like so easy but it's like you gotta understand this is like a batman who is he's 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 been up at night for two years just beating the shit out of people you know like he never probably he hasn't probably hasn't been able to be like an actual detective quite yet you know and i and i think that's what i appreciated the most and i I just love the like the you know kind of like the ode to like seven and stuff because i i love that seven movie and you know like chinatown as well with the noir-esque and you know everyone was like on point i find in this movie and that's what i think i like about it the most is that everyone was like at 150 percent on their game like it wasn't just matt reeves the writer and director it was it, it, it was you know it was also greg fraser the cinematographer with the, the most beautiful shots i've probably ever seen in a superhero movie in a really long time mm-hmm. and you know and yeah everyone was on point colin farrell was just like honestly like like the unsung hero like he stole the show and he stole so many scenes um but yeah yeah before we get too much into it but my my final thought is like this is the batman i wanted and the one we deserved and yeah that's about it i like that not the not the one we were expecting but the one we deserved i love that uh mike you can go next my man um yeah we already me and you already had this conversation like literally an hour we talked not for the podcast though mike god (laughs) damn man (laughs) um i really liked it um i thought it was really great um i think that they showed um you know just like all the little bits of stuff that um that we've been kind of like missing um and how he's kind of like still figuring it all out uh, I really liked that as well. Like to touch on what Chris said, that he's still trying to figuring everything out. He's not, he's not perfect yet. He's not in his, his Playboy uh, era yet. Um, and uh, I think that that's something I think will be cool if they touch on it in the next um, movie. That um, th- that they'll be like that'll be like a thing that he'll, you know, now have to realize that he has to you know, become uh, more of a Bruce Wayne and Batman than just Batman. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought uh, the, all the characters were really well done. I thought the acting was really well done. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that really I um, would ever score. really... Score. Yeah. A score, bro. I could listen to that score all day. 10 yeah. out of 10. That was amazing. Probably yeah. the yeah. best score since... Uh, like my favorite score before this is probably War for the Planet of the Apes, which is the same guy and the same director. So yeah. that teamwork, that collaboration, it's yeah. it's you and the War two. of the Planet of the Apes. There's something that I'll never understand. <laughs> One of the best movies made in the last ten years, last twenty years. Yeah, dude, that, movie, that movie is amazing. It's probably one of the best trilogies to come out in a long time, too. All three were bangers. Two of them directed by Matt Reeves, director of the Batman, uh, Dawn and War. For those that yeah. don't know, that are listening. Uh, he, he honestly, uh, because I'm such a big fan of those Planet of the Apes movies, I came into the Batman just like expecting, so, like expecting a masterpiece. Because you're following up War for the Planet of the Apes, one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm, I'm immediately my, my expectations were high, and 
I've seen the movie twice, so that should let you know that it it blew me away still. And yeah. to both of your guys' points, like loved seeing the detective aspect of it. And Mike, sorry, yeah, Mike, you even said like he's not perfect yet. It was nice watching them fumble through some of the clues. Like he wasn't completely sure. He's not the world's greatest detective yet, but he's still like really damn good, even if he makes certain mistakes, like with the El Rata Lada. Yeah. Where it's like, no, it's not L, it's La, La Rata. And then you get that yeah. funny moment with the penguin correcting uh, yeah. Jim Gordon and Batman's Spanish because they don't know. And it's actually yeah. just a, actually just a URL. Like, it's so, like, it's it's almost like it's so, it shouldn't be that uh, easy to miss. But, uh, yeah, no, I would, de- I would definitely have not gotten that, too. So I'm with Batman. No. Yeah. Would have went over um, my head. Yeah, sometimes it- when you're, like, too into something, like, you can't, like you're too focused on it you can't see the bigger picture or you, you need like an outsider's perspective yeah the outside I mean, the box yeah i think yeah. that's um i also really think it's cool because in um you what you don't really see in the last batman trilogy is um you know uh, our favorite uh, butler um really participating as much you know like Alfred is very like, you know, he's like witty the whole time in the old Batman series, but now he's like really like helping like he is in the comics and mm-hmm. in like the animated series where he like is more of like a hands-on like person um, in the show, like in the, the movie. And I think that's really cool because um, mm-hmm. obviously I love Michael Caine, but, um, you know, I think... Um, I, I always forget this the the actor's name. Andy Circus. Um, yeah, Andy he, he. I thought he. I thought it right away. He wasn't like a. He was too like almost like young for it. Right, like he like there was there wasn't like this like very like old old man about it. But um, I think he did really well. Um, I really liked um, like how he like talks to him, and there's kind of like that still like the. I'm not your butler, but I still like raised you like mm-hmm. uh, tone to his like talking to him. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was cool. Yeah. I liked his, his kind of like rugged, um, his rugged kind of look and like, you know, he's definitely more of like, like, you know, the show Pennyworth where like, you know, he's kind of like been around and he's been doing, he's, you know, he's done some, uh, he's, de- he's definitely done some things, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. he, he's definitely more of like a security, like head of security. That's what it, I think that's what they said, because then you had a uh, Dory, who was like the, the female butler, who was like a nice addition, mm-hmm. especially with that, like one scene where she answers the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, almost, I, I think there's even a mention that Alfred trained Batman in this in this one. We don't have any mention of like League of Shadows. He says he did give him some combat training. So, yeah, Batman's yeah. all out. Alfred moves on these criminals this time around, not assassin yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see Alfred in the next movie, like <laughs> fucking up some guys. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that an Alfred action scene where maybe the Court of Owls tries breaking into the Wayne Tower if they go that route for the sequel. Who knows? But you have Alfred kicking some ass. That'd be great. Oh. I'd, I would love to see oh, that. Yeah. That's something we've never seen before, and I think Andy Serkis yeah. could do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's trained enough in, in, like, all sorts of stuff, so, like, I feel like he could definitely pull it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're not... Uh, I mean, it's still, yeah, just, like, obviously, even in the last series, like, he talks about how, like, he was, like, a hired gun, and the whole uh, 
Uh, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. <laughs> Michael Caine gracing us with his presence. Michael uh, Bennett Caine <laughs> gracing us with his presence. Um, well, Dave, we're going to talk about Alfred. Have you heard that, that story of Michael Caine that he was uh, on, he was like flying back into London from the States um, from filming? And uh, when they land, they open up his passport, but his name was not Michael Caine. It's something else. But that's like the name that he chose to be on like stage. Yeah, it's a stage name. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and the security at like Heathrow Airport was like, this is not your name. And he's like, I know, <laughs> but Michael Caine is not my real name. And they're like, no, 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 this is not your real. And they're like, like literally arrested him. <laughs> <laughs> and then so he and then so like it wasn't until like like i think it was like a year after that he like actually changed his name legally to michael kane because he, he was wow. just like oh it'd be so weird too i think i definitely if i was the like if i was a tsa agent at like Heathrow airport i would be like no no don't lie to me <laughs> i don't believe this this is you're lying to me yeah. for, for those for those listening his real name was Maurice Joseph Micklewhite Jr. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Micklewhite Jr. Mickle- That's a mouthful. Maurice, Maurice Micklewhite? Jeez. Micklewhite Jr. sounds Micklewhite. like a, a burger chain. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Micklewhite's for a quarter pounder. Can I get the double Micklewhite Jr., please? <laughs> Can I get the Maurice mouthful? Mm. <laughs> Um. <laughs> All um, right. <laughs> yeah. Back to the back to the Batman. <laughs> back to Alfred. Back to the Batman. Um. Okay. Chris, you touched on something that I want to talk about, which is the amazing cinematography of Greg Frazier. Um. For those that don't know him, he's nominated right now for a Oscar for Dune, and he could possibly win it after he won the Cinematographer's Award at their um society. Last, I think it was last two weekends ago, something like that. He won the award there. So it's all nice. but the, all but thinks that he's going to win the Oscar pretty much, which that's probably the most beautiful looking movie of the year. Yeah. So I would probably go there, even though Tragedy of Macbeth's also nominated. But that's a different conversation. I'm not going to get into that. But Dune and he also did the first season of The Mandalorian. And that even had some great cinematography there, too. He got to use the. 360 LED screen, that new technology they're using where the background is just basically behind you. It's basically just updated old technology, really. But they yeah. used it on the Batman as well. And you couldn't even tell. Like, I know, I think it was Mike, we were talking and we were, and you were just like, it had to be green screen on that roof. And I'm like, dude, it wasn't. They were just on a soundstage and they had a screen around the building, not CGI. I think it was Mike. I could be wrong. Correct me, Mike. Probably. I don't, I don't think, I don't, doesn't, um, I don't think they said that. Okay. So, I'm sorry that I mistaked you for somebody yeah, else. Freaking dare you! Don't I'm making you sound like an idiot. Yeah, I'm out here. You think I thought that was a? a <laughs> you think I thought that? <laughs> wow, disgusting. My bad. I jumped the gun on that one. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, I I loved the look of the movie. The the soft, like, sort of like the soft focus. Everything was so. It was always very blurry around the edges, very dark. I thought the use of shadows was really nice because obviously the the um, the assumption that Batman could be lurking in any given corner and all that, it was a great use of the darkness. Yeah. So with the parallel of oh, the only time we really see the the uh, 
the daytime, you know, we see Bruce Wayne a couple times during the day, do some stuff. But then at the very end is the only time we see Batman during the day and it's him saving people. And that's, that's a cool parallel for his character arc, always being in the dark darkness, being vengeance. And then at the end, he decides to change what he's doing. He's a hero. Now he's in the light. But uh, I, I liked, I, I li- just liked what Greg Frazier brought to it with, with that being um, the words I'm looking for are completely escaping me, but kind of because it's a detective story it's blurry it has, around the edges you yeah, can't has, see the full picture has, just uh, like batman yeah it has like a, ni- a like a really nice grimy look to it and yes. i think that's what i really liked about this movie is the fact that like you know i was listening to uh the kevin smith uh, like fat man beyond podcast when he they were talking about the reviewing the batman and i thought like he summed it up quite quite the best where um where christopher nolan uh grabbed grabbed bat the thought of batman and brought batman into the real world but in this movie matt reeves brought gotham city and made gotham city a real breathing thing you know mm-hmm. yes and i think that's what i loved most about this movie is just the aesthetic of gotham and just just how the movie looked like it was so grimy and i was watching um uh, a youtube channel where he was talking about the cinematography of uh, of the batman and he was talking about how they filmed it and the specific lenses they use so they used like a lot of old school anamorphic lenses yes which uh were uh, pro- uh a lot of them just are focused like in the dead center and they have the out of focus on the outside and like a lot of shots in this movie are kind of like out of focus and it's like done on purpose because it definitely helps to that um to that look that kind of gritty and griminess to it you know like you know mm-hmm. you see the you see the batmobile and then like like it's not in focus like it's like it's dirty and it's raining and you know like you feel like you're there that's like the best thing about this movie is that like you you feel like you're in the the this really dirty grimy crime-ridden city and i think that's what i love about it the most is is that i I'm, I'm transported you know and like yes. i find a lot a lot of movies these days i'm not always transported into the world especially like uh, in how it like looks like especially compared to marvel movies where marvel movies are very muted but mm. they all everything looks so clean and pristine you know yeah. not to disregard yes. marvel movies you know so, you know they're they're i i i love them i'm a marvel fanboy you know yeah but like it, it definitely has a, a completely different look to it and i think that's mm. and it has a completely different look even to uh the dark knight trilogy and like you know a lot of people are like comparing they're like oh how does it stack up against the dark knight and personally i consider it uh two completely different kinds of movies like i love the dark knight for what it is you know and i wouldn't say one is better than the other yes. but I would, but I would say, in my opinion, I like this movie more than uh, more than more than The Dark Knight at this very moment. Mm-hmm. See, I had to do. I, I don't like recency bias, so I'm waiting yeah. to like do a final judgment Ooh. on it because Sorry. I made a judgment call on No Way Home, which I, this will be the first time I say it on the podcast because I recently rewatched No Way Home, mm-hmm. and I re- I rewatched it and I just kept. And this is after I saw Batman twice, and I just went wow, this movie actually wasn't that well made. Like, I mean, okay, you're getting $250 million. It's really, it's well made. I mean, it's a huge production, but you can tell it's basically an assembly line type film. It's, yeah. 
and there's so many moments in it now where I'm watching it and I go, wow, that looks like shit. Wow, that looks like shit. You couldn't just film in an alleyway. You couldn't just yeah. film on the street. You couldn't just do this. Everything was in front of a blue screen. So almost all the shots are kind yeah. of ugly. A lot of the even a lot of the choices with colors is you have a lot of the characters just blend into the background and it yeah. makes for sort of an ugly looking shot. Like they have a dark background and then they have yeah. Peter Parker wear dark clothes in so many scenes. And it's just like he's not popping out from the background. It looks like he's just blending in with it, which yeah. makes for this muddy shot. But OK, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to get into all that. We can go because uh, I it was interesting because I actually like watched this um, like uh, this guy talking about like the the worst scene in spider-man no way home and it's uh and it's probably like my favorite scene but i like but i didn't realize it until he had mentioned it but it's um it's the scene where peter has the uh the ting like the spider sense and then discovers that uh like willem dafoe is actually being bad right yeah yeah, yeah. and um and the and you know you get to see willem come out and be and be fucking green goblin and the problem with that scene was, is that they they don't hold the frame on Willem. Whereas, in the Sam Raimi trilogy, they always he always he, he would hold the frame on Willem Dafoe as he was talking to himself in the mirror. Like that whole shot is like a good like sixty to like a minute or so long, and it's just held on to Willem Dafoe. Whereas in mm. No Way Home, it's on him for maybe ten seconds, and then it cuts to like Jamie Foxx's reaction, and then Aunt May grabbing a bunch of shit, and then someone else's reaction. And it's like, why are we not focusing on Willem Dafoe? He has an amazing speech going on. He's mm -hmm. fucking killing it. Like, just leave it on him. He's he's a master, you know. There's too much because they're they're trying to cover everything in that movie, and that's something yeah. I don't like. Is is the camera isn't benefiting the story? Yeah. Unlike Batman, where the camera is helping you tell the story, which is what it's supposed to do with yeah. these, especially in a big blockbuster movie. So it's not just standard studio coverage of like, OK, we need to see this guy. We need to see Batman beat him up. It's like, no, yeah. like you said, they're using an anamorphic lens. So you get clarity in the center and focused sort of a soft focus all around him. So you can't really see the full picture putting yeah. you putting you in Batman's shoes, trying to solve this case. You yeah. know, he can't see the full picture, neither can you, and it, yeah. and it helps. And there's also another thing that I, that I thought of last night, well, not even last night, I think it was actually earlier today when I was taking notes for this, is I was thinking about the Joker scene and the Riddler scene and the parallel between the two of them. Yeah. And this is, this is the Joker deleted scene. So this is, I thought when he goes to meet Riddler at the end of the movie, it's like a mirror they're both vengeance, right? They both think yeah. they're doing the right thing. Riddler and they're both, and they're both clear. Bat yeah, exactly. You yeah. can see them. Yeah. When he goes to meet Joker, true. Joker's out of focus. The opposite of Batman, who's completely in focus. And I think that just lets you know yeah. who you're dealing with is yeah. nuts. And he's the complete opposite. Whereas yeah. you're, you're supposed to see a parallel between Riddler and Batman. And with yeah. Joker, there is nothing that makes them similar. Except yeah. for when Joker starts saying, hey. The truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What he thinks, yeah. When he starts getting in Batman's head, then Joker starts becoming more clear in the clear. picture. And I loved that aspect of yeah. it. Like, there's so many cool details. And that's yeah. why I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I would love it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not nominated for an Oscar next year. But I would love it if Greg Frazier got a nomination next year as well for the Batman, because he, he I should. thought it was used really well. The visual storytelling in that movie alone was incredible. Like, mm -hmm. e even that deleted scene, like, I know... I mean, say what you will, like a lot of people, I know some people, you know, weren't 
huge fans of it, but like I've watched it like two or three times now. And I think I, I'm, I'm liking it more and more each time I watch it. And I, I think it was a smart move to, to make it, to, to leave it out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And because I, I don't think we should see him just yet. Like, I'm kind of hoping he's more of like a Thanos type. Like maybe he appears in like another cameo. Like maybe he gets one scene in the next movie. And, yeah. but I kind of want him to be that like, like the the Joker that's like in like even like the Arkham Asylum games where like you know he tries to like he's like trying to recruit all the rogues gallery and stuff like that and yeah. and and build and the and just basically like use them but he's like you know the ultimate mastermind behind it all and that that's kind of what I'm hoping for because it kind of seems like he's he's like that even in that scene itself where he he enjoys delving into Batman's mind because he knows Batman. Mm-hmm. And um, what one thing that I noticed, because uh, I was having a chat with a buddy of mine from work, and he was like, he was trying to, he, he was like, he was like, you know what, it would be really cool if, um, if like, uh, if Joker was like, you know, they have kind of like, uh, like a like a like a love, like a like a sense of love and com- and like compassion for each other, like I guess just a sense of romance with each other is what he was trying to say, and oh. and they kind of hinted at that in that cut because batman brings him the file and joker goes to him and he's like how did you he's like oh one year anniversary you how did you know it was paper or something like that this is the paper anniversary thing and it's Mm -hmm. like ooh, i'm like are they gonna is is joker is is this this joker gonna be like i'm doing this because like i love you like i'm I'm fucking with you to make you better right Mm -hmm. like i'm i want to i want you i want to I want to bring you up. I, like, I know you could be the best, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and it's all out of love. And I kind of hope they go that direction with this Joker. Dude, that is such a good point. I, I, I 100% agree with you. He's, because, I mean, it's like what Heath Ledger's Joker said to Christian Bales. Like, you complete me. That's the yeah. relationship between yeah. the two of them. They yeah. complete each other. One cannot exist without the other. So yeah. Joker will help Batman with this and treat him with respect, even though he's a fucking yeah. psychopath. Yeah. And I think, and, it, and maybe that's why Batman can't, uh, like, that's the whole dichotomy between the two of them is that like, you know, Batman, like he won't kill him. Maybe not necessarily be like, you know, everyone says, oh, it's because of his rule. Cause Batman doesn't kill. Maybe that's not necessarily the thing. Maybe it's because Batman deep down actually loves him because he's able to keep, you know, keep, do, keep doing this, uh, this, uh, this like uh this this dance with each other you know mm-hmm. like uh i was i was watching some i forget i was watching another uh like youtube video series and they were talking about the dynamic between the joker and the bat or uh, between batman and him and, and the vengeance thing and it's because he's trying to relive that night of when his parents died and that's why he's going out and fighting crimes because he wants to he wants to relive that night every night so then he could be the one to stop them to stop the bad guy from hurting his parents and he just keeps reliving that night over and over and over again mm-hmm. that's yeah, I, why he's he's doing all this right oh yeah mm-hmm. i kind of I, I definitely agree with that that, that it's like I, I wouldn't say that he loves him i think it's more of like uh i would say he he's more of like that um he's like the fuel to his fire is like the every time that he he's like i know i, I have something to do I have to stop the Joker. That is something 
That is my job. And yeah, but I think that's why he loves him because he wants he he loves him because he gets to keep doing that job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but he but he he'll he'll never admit that though. I think, but mm-hmm. I think psychologically, maybe he he does love him at the end of the day. Yeah, there's definitely something more to that re- to to that relationship. I mean, fuel to the fire or some sort of romance angle of yeah. like we're gonna do this dance until the day we're dead, both yeah. dead. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna exist without you. You're not gonna exist without me. Yeah, yeah. I, I love de- that. Till death do you part. You know. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm kind of like in, interested in, in, you know, in this Joker. And, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, nothing will compare to like the Heath Ledger Joker. And, you know, it's a shame, you know, that, you know, his life ended so soon and we didn't get to see more of that, you know, go out because he was pretty incredible. But you know what? I think, I think Barry, Barry Keehan will, will do, um, will do a, an interesting job at this point. And, and he definitely brings something different to the table, much different than Jared Leto and even a lot different from uh, Joaquin Phoenix, you know? Oh yeah. I, now this, this is a good question for both of you. His name, is it just Barry Keegan? Because I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard Barry Keegan, like you okay. don't pronounce the G because I think it is Irish. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, but but I've heard people say Keegan as well. So I, I have no idea. I've also I heard say, people pronounce the O more like Co- Cohen or something. And it's like, how do, you get, how do you get that? It's true. I mean, like, I know, like, uh, the, the, the Irish language is an interesting one. Like, I know mm-hmm. I have a friend, one of my regulars at, uh, at the restaurant where I used to work. Uh, her name was Alva. You, you would say Alva, but it was spelt... It was spelled uh, A-I-L-B-H-E. Oh, wow. So it looks like it's Alba, but you say it Alva. I, I, know it, like, I don't know how that happens, but... Turns the B and the H into a, into a V sound, apparently. Yeah, I guess it might be part of like the Celtic language or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or the Celtic, I think. Celtic, I think you pronounce it. Yeah, I think even when we talked about it on the phone, I even said it differently than, than you said and i was just like i was yeah. just pronouncing it like i thought it would be pronounced i gotta really i gotta actually look up maybe maybe there's gotta be, there's gotta be some sort of like jimmy kimmel or jimmy fallon interview he's been on or something where they oh, have true. to know how to pronounce his name correctly yeah that's true so, yeah because yeah, yeah. i mean i've seen it like you'll have like these interviews these press junkets but i've seen even the press junket people even pronounce the name differently so that's what makes you go well, i can't trust these people so yeah. I've just I've just gone with keegan because it seems like the safest option but then you say yeah. Keegan, and i'm like well, that does sound right too because you're yeah. saying in the Irish vernacular or whatever, you wouldn't actually phonetically pronounce the, the, the G. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. <clears throat> yeah, All right. I know. Yeah. Go on. No, you go. You, man. I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I was going to say, cause I haven't heard Mike say a lot since, yeah, uh, I feel like you know, this man's yeah, been no, like blanked no, out. No, no, I'm not blanked out. I'm just saying you, you guys are just putting out just stuff that I like, didn't feel like I was, you know, up to par to, to to talk about. So I was just, you know, just letting you letting you guys hash it out. And I was just, hey man, you could always chime in, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, Mike, here's a question oh, for yeah. you, man. Okay. Uh, what, All right. To do with the to do with the Joker scene, what did you what what did you like the design of Barry Keen's character, or um like what, what was your overall feel on that scene? Um, uh, I I liked it. I think it's kind of like an homage to Heath a little bit. 
Um, I, I don't know. It looks like his like mouth is all like screwed up, too. So like maybe that's like an homage to Heath. Um, but uh, I I liked it. I think it'll. I think his laugh is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he'll work on that. Like it's not you know because it's a deleted scene, so it's not yeah. technically canon. So it's not at this point. It's not you know he, things can change. Actors can change. Um, you know, like they don't show his full face in when he, he does have that one part. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's not technically that it's fully going to be him. We don't know. You know, it, all things can, can be changed. But uh, I liked it. I think it'll be good. Um, you know, when, uh, when going into that movie, I didn't really know uh, much uh, of what, what to expect because of Matt Reeves. Because I'm not a big, a bigger fan, um, than, as opposed to uh, me. Yeah, to the uh, his other movies. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think he, he can be he can be really good. And I, I, I um, whatever Matt Reeves writes for him, I think he'll be really good because he is a good actor. Um, yeah. And uh, I think he's going to do great. Like, um, what did you think? I liked I liked your point with saying that since it's a deleted scene, it's not necessarily canon. And with the scene that Joker is actually in the movie, he is shrouded with, like, it's very black, shadowy. You don't really get a good good enough look at his face. So that was something I thought about, too, is releasing the deleted scene gives people a taste of, like, a what-if scenario of, like, this is what he potentially could look like. But now if, you know, Barry Keegan comes back in the Arkham Asylum TV show or if he comes back in the Batman 2 or the Batman 3, they can change the way he looks in case there wasn't like, cause right now there's a, people are pretty divided over the whole mouth herpes look. It's very, I mean, it's disgusting. He's got the yeah. British dental plan too. So it's just, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is the most horror movie looking Joker I've ever seen. This yeah. man is disgusting. So, and there's no real them a chance to change yeah. it up if they want to. And that was, that's what I thought about too, with the deleted scene is like, okay, this is like our, we get to, we get, we get a little bit of a taste but in case they do want to go in a different direction with the sequels, then they can because they're not beholden to the deleted scene by any means. Yeah, just like the whole Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Do you remember how, like, when they first released that, like, still image and people were like, uh, excuse me, what the hell is this? And then they were like, uh, oh, we better change it to make just- it more cartoony. Because he was like, sh- he was scary. Like, he was scary. Well, yeah, he was like a hedgehog humanoid, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, no, 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 make his eyes a little bit better. And then they like changed it up and we were like, oh, okay, now I'll go see it. And it's not going to be a demon movie. You know, that's one franchise where like the fans can bully the filmmakers and the filmmakers will actually change stuff that's in the movie because they did the same thing with the new one, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. They they were like, the emerald isn't big enough, like it's in the game. And the background, just it, it's just not, it's not making it feel like it's the actual level. So then what they do, they just revamped the entire shot, made the emerald bigger, and then made this whole scene brighter with more detail so it looked like the actual level from the video game. <laughs> yeah, it is wild. I wish they did that. I wish that video game companies would do that. <laughs> Sonic like, the Hedgehog feels like it's one of those video game movies that actually respects the video game that it's coming from, and it's not trying yeah, to make like yeah. a whole new storyline. I'm like, you. yeah, <laughs> Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen the new show yet. Haven't, Haven't seen, seen it either. It. Yeah. Oh, but did you see? So the controversy is that he didn't he take off not, his helmet. Yeah, but yeah, I but heard he's that. also that the show writer is not taking anything from the games. 
So it's like take quite a bit. No, no, no. He he said I'm only. He said a little bit in the sense of like, but no, nothing really. That's like, um, that's gonna make sense to what he does or what the master chief does. But I mean, he wants you want to do something new when it's it through a different medium. You know, like you got to make it kind of your own. Like it's kind of like cheating if he just takes a story just from the game. Like. Why not yeah. just like change it up a bit and, you know, just mix it up. I, I don't know. I, I genuinely like that better. I don't know if I entirely agree with showing his, his face like right off yeah. the bat in the first yeah. episode, apparently. I think <laughs> yeah. I should have left that for like the la- the end, the end of the season or something. Yeah. You know? Season finale, like the last like moment. Yeah. Like, but they showed right off the bat. It's like, bro. <laughs> first, for, it's probably, I hope it's not like the very first, like, very first shot it's like he just like takes off his own he's like here i am <laughs> like, <Yeah>. all right <laughs> there's not this whole like mystery behind it but yeah um i think um yeah but like i i do really like the fact that uh that there's like a, a mystery to it that that we can there's not like something there's not like an expectation there is an expectation for the next movie but I think that so there's not like a, oh we're gonna get this we're gonna get that we're gonna get this, I think that there's um, I think Matt Reeves whatever Matt Reeves will do I think will be good. All right, so talking about sequels and what could happen and what might change and all that, curious. And we'll start with you, Chris. Do you have any theories or ideas of what you, where you'd like to see the story go in a sequel? Um, I think it, it, I think the story definitely has to go into him becoming, uh, like, I mean, they did it towards the end of this one where like, you know, being a sim, he has to be a symbol of hope. And I think in the sequel, I think, uh, he would have to maybe battle with that sense of hope. Like maybe, maybe deprive Batman of of hope for Gotham or something to that vein. Um, I don't know how exactly you would do that just yet, um, but I think that's where they would have to go. Like maybe deprive him of, of hope, and or or maybe he has to uh, like maybe Batman loses hope, but maybe he has to realize that it can't just be Batman. It also has to be he also has to be uh, Bruce Wayne, and maybe that's how he, he instills hope. Uh, into people maybe maybe making gotham a better place by not only being batman but also being uh bruce wayne and using his influence um to help you know everybody not just a few people here and there Mm -hmm. um but i have heard that like he wants i think he wants to do like uh mr freeze next yeah i've heard that 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 would yeah that, that would be sick and i think the only way to make that uh like true to life is they would have to do the heart of ice uh episode from the original batman the animated series and i think they have to kind of go maybe in that direction where you know but that's what's kind of cool about uh like mr freeze is that he's kind of like he's just a guy who kind of just kind of got like wrapped into this but you know he's just he's doing it out of love like he he wants to save his wife you know Mm -hmm. um and oh, maybe yeah. that there there's another fact of, of hope you know mr freeze has hope uh that he can save his wife and mm-hmm. i don't know yeah maybe 
maybe something like that. I, I have no idea. I haven't really I, thought I, about it too much, but. Okay, fair. I was going to say, I love that angle of going with the Heart of Ice storyline. And then also you could have, add, on, add another layer onto that. You bring Catwoman back and then you could develop the relationship between Batman and Catwoman more to parallel the relationship between Mr. Freeze and Nora. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a much more romance and a, much, a story much more about love and what we're willing yeah. to do for said people that we do love. You can yeah. even have that relationship furthered with Alfred as well, with the love that yeah. they share and all that. There's so many. I love the idea of bringing in Mr. Freeze. I'll be honest. I love that yeah. idea. But uh, but <laughs> will there be polar bears? That's what I'm asking. No. Will no, there no, be pol- <laughs> no polar bears? Well, but you can't have heart of ice with the polar bears. Okay. What do you mean? We already have a penguin. <laughs> we already have the penguin and the iceberg lounge. Listen, I just want to see. Yes. I- iceberg lounge, polar bears, penguin. <laughs> Dude, I, I just want to see Mr. Freeze walk into the iceberg lounge and like freeze it freeze it up or something like that with like penguin there and just like colin farrell being just you know the, Be like, the oh best i just gotta ever. chill <laughs> take it easy sweetheart yeah. <laughs> i just oh, gotta god. chill yeah. what are you showing me oh god it's so cold dude that was the <laughs> best fucking scene in the whole movie hey frosty <laughs> what up big player <laughs> Hey, cool my drink, daddy. Oh, I just want him to talk like that. I just want him to talk like the comedic fact of the Sopranos, because that's basically what Colin Farrell pulled out. He pulled out like he was basically like Polly from the Sopranos. And that was him the entire movie. And it was great. I love, I, lo- I love what uh, Chris, I-, I loved it when you said, what are you showing me here? Yeah, yeah, dude, that's the best part, that part. And then, you know, when like Falcone is getting arrested and then oh Penguin's like, he's like, you're a fucking rat. And then like Falcone's like, oh, you think you're a big man? And he's like, I am a big man. <laughs> yeah, you're goddamn right. I'm a big man. <laughs> Bro, that what, what, is it, what is it with Colin Farrell and these scene stealing performances like this man? just is able to go into a movie for like 10 minutes and be the best part. I mean, it, it, it harkens back yeah. to like horrible bosses, a comedy yeah. that I feel like a lot of people forgot about, but think about the performance that Colin Farrell had in that yeah. movie. He was amazing in that too, playing this cokehead dipshit son. I think it's, I think it's because he gets, he, uh, I think when they trans, I think when they Horrible they they, they make him not movie? look like his normal self, mm-hmm. he, he kind of like, you know, wears that mask where he's not like heartthrob movie star Colin Farrell he's just like an actor and something just awakens inside of him and he's able to like really go the distance and and be that actor you know we all know he is because he's kind of like that even in like when he when he plays bullseye and daredevil like he's kind of like like it's it's super cartoony but man he is like he's way better than Ben Affleck in that movie to be in my honest opinion I think there's there's something that sums up Colin Farrell perfectly which is like he's like a character actor stuck in a leading man's body. Yeah, he's got the body sure. of a leading man, but he's the the prowess and the skill set that he has and the amount of talent that he brings. He's a character actor, just somebody that yeah. can just morph into any role you give him. Yeah, and then I mean, he doesn't really care. I feel like he doesn't really care. About that's important leading. too. <laughs> I feel like yeah. he's just one of those guys that he likes to act, and that's his thing. That's yeah. he he's he's always just like to act and be a character and i think that's all he's ever really wanted to mm-hmm. be yeah. and i think that's good and i think that's and like uh it's kind of like uh you know like gerard butler i feel like he has that kind of same sense where he just he doesn't yeah. really care about the movies he does 
um there's like that thing where he was like um there was a it was, i think it was like an internet like question thing that he did on youtube or something and it was like um and it's like uh, gerard or no it was a like mean tweets it was like gerard butler <laughs> what does the movie industry have on you that you have to do all these shit films and he's like i like doing all these shit films <laughs> <laughs> honestly Gerard yeah. Butler, though, if I want to go on a mini tangent here, I actually do enjoy watching the, the movies that he makes. Like, I mean, yeah, first, he has a weird quality like those movies and him just have a weird quality that makes it so watchable. Like you need to see it. Like Cop Dude. Shop was one of my favorite movies of last Dude, year. Law, and that movie is so basic. Law Abiding Citizen. Probably my favorite yeah. movie he's ever been in. Oh, like, so that good. Movie. Dude, that movie's so him against Jamie Foxx in that movie. He's he's so good in that movie. I don't know if he's like as good as Colin Farrell good, mm-hmm. but I think he he's definitely underrated for sure. Yeah. He even like there's a movie he did a few years back. I'm not sure like the bank robbing movie, um, Den of Thieves. He was fantastic oh, yeah, yeah. playing the, yeah. just the worst cop. He was so good playing that fucking asshole. Holy oh my oh my god. Yeah, yeah, I saw that movie. It was pretty good. I enjoyed I enjoyed his performance because they make him so detestable. Isn't that and movie now, that 50 yeah. Cent is in? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like randomly. And Ice like, Cube's son. And, and Master Chief himself, Pablo <laughs> Schreiber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely, that, that movie is definitely like a really random. Um, you know, it's like a really weird thing. It's like rapper actors. But you know who's a really underrated rapper actor is T.I. Yo, T.I.? Yeah. Dude, T.I. knows. Uh, T.I., he's, Mar- he's in the MCU, okay? Yeah. Like, T.I. I thought he did really well in Ant-Man. Honestly, I think he's really Dude, funny he's, in him. Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> I just don't think you're going to see much more of a T.I. In, in, in much of anything anymore because of the controversies, which I, I don't know if we need to really go into those, but... Oh, God, what happened? What's this controversy? Oh, what happened? No, my, Sexual my, assault, people. He, he, sexual, oh, uh, he was no. accused of sexual assault, so... Oh, no. Damn it, T.I. Why you gotta be a scumbag? Exactly. Yeah, the, what, what is happening to Ant-Man? I mean, like, that movie is... Now all oh, their characters... I think they, re- re- they recently wrapped filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what about what about um, Auntie Vatch Queen herself? You know, <laughs> oh, Evangeline oh, Lily. Yeah, she like support. She like gave money to like the trucker convoy. I was like, no, <laughs> why? Chris, you and I had to be so much more disappointed in her because of our our fucking lost love. Yeah, Crushing. yeah, I was. I I mean, I follow her on Instagram. I mean, I still love her. You know what? Whatever. She can believe whatever she wants. Yeah. I think she's still great. She's still my Kate. <laughs> you know what? I love that. Ap- I love that approach. You know, I think they should. I think Michael Pena should replace her. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Michael Pena should become the Wasp. If we didn't, <laughs> if we didn't have female roles take over, female female actresses take over male roles. I think we should have male roles take over female of uh, Michael Pena. Only Michael Pena though, because Michael Pena is a great actor. <laughs> do we even do we even know if he came back because a lot of the supporting cast for the ant-man movie didn't come back for ant-man 3 like they as far as i, I know like the mom like and, the, and bobby cannavale aren't coming back D- david desmalchian isn't back most of the oh, crew isn't there so i feel oh, like really? yeah, i feel like you can't have that movie without michael pena because everyone loves his characters in it yeah louise is good i'll give him that yeah, yeah he has to be in it yeah 
But, we went, uh, a, we strayed a little far from what we were yeah, talking yeah. about, but if you, oh, sorry, Mike, because I cut you off. No, 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 I mean it. No, no, no. I was just, I was just going to say, I was like, we always do this. Why do we always do this? <laughs> no, because I was just, I wanted to see, I wanted to get back because I asked Chris the question. I wanted to get your answer on like, if there was anything you wanted to see in a Batman sequel, or if you had any theories of where this could go. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I definitely love the Mr. Freeze angle. That's really cool. Um, you know, I think it's, I really like, um, we talked a little bit about this, um, with Poison Ivy, um, and, uh, but like, how do you, how do you create like a Poison Ivy in like a real world scenario? Mm -hmm. Um, but also like, how do you create like a Mr. Freeze in a real world scenario too? So it's like, do, is like the next movie going to be more like the Batman universe? And like, because this movie was like, so like real and how like the riddler wasn't like he was like some like 4chan like su like um white supremacist like you know like kind of art like not like you know like i had to use the word like white supremacist in that art but he's very like that's like the way that he looks in like today's world right no he's more like like incel i think incel yeah incel that's a better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i like how they that's, use that yeah yeah that's like the better word is to use like to describe them um yeah like uh so like how do you how do you bring those people into the real world um you know like i mean there's a lot of like random um you know like i think it was like um robert pattinson said that his favorite superhero villain was condiment man from batman <laughs> from the batman series <laughs> so do we see condiment man at all <laughs> did, did uh, you uh oh, okay speaking of condiment <laughs> speaking of condiment man did you see that nicholas cage was throwing his hat into the ring to play egg man he, he's like i want to be a part of that new matt oh, reeves egghead. batman universe yeah, egghead. Egg, egghead oh oh, geez, oh yeah uh that would be interesting yeah i i definitely do like the mr freeze angle because i think someone said that like I saw this like whole thing on Twitter about it that was like um, because this movie had a very like dark like orangey red vibe to the whole movie. Um, Make that, the like, next one more blue. Yeah, the next one will be blue, but more at Christmas time because yeah. the last one was during Halloween. So this one will be Christmassy, and so more snow, Mister Freeze, all this other kind of stuff like that mm. style angle would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then someone commented, yeah. And then that would be the, th and then the third one would be purple and be the Joker. And I was like, Ooh, that could be kind of right. cool. Um, but I, so like, I don't know, you know, like people have talked about, um, that he wants to bring back Scarecrow. Um, cause that's such a very like easy, but it, like, I feel like it's too, too much of like a, an easy thing yeah. to do because like, I feel yeah to go on top of what you're saying with like uh with like the rogues gallery like he has so much to choose from and i f i I, th I think they should like bring like you know bring bring more than one in you know uh, yeah. like maybe like do like the batman returns thing you know with like catwoman and the penguin being you know the main bad guys like maybe do that in this one you know or the next one you know bring in like a couple and like i know they're even like with their TV shows, you know, they're exploring Catwoman a bit more. They're exploring Penguin a bit more with their, uh, and then they also have the the Gotham PD show, which has now transformed into an Arkham Asylum series. 
which is more like horror-esque and it's like you know what that would be sick because then you could like introduce some like rogues gallery criminals that are already maybe locked up in arkham asylum Mm -hmm. yeah and that that would be a really interesting aspect like you know like i'm i'm assuming they would probably have like victor zaz in there or even like calendar man like guys who are like known uh like killers and like clearly something's wrong in their head you could bring them into it Um, yeah who's the who's like the guy that like kills all like the people but he like says he's like wants to like make them better uh, um, like, I remember he like stumped me. Oper- he like operates Which... on people. Like he like Professor Pig. I don't think he makes people better though. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no. There's the forget. Do you mean, what do it... you mean the psychiatrist guy? Like Hugo yeah. Strange. Hugo Strange. But that's what sort of that's what I'm saying. You could introduce Hugo Strange yeah, in the yeah. Arkham Asylum show because he's originally the psychi like he's the psychiatrist. Yeah. And Harley Quinn is actually his um his assistant. Um, so you can introduce Hugo Strange, and he, Hugo Strange could be the only one. He, I mean, he is the only one for a long time who figures out who Batman is without ever having to meet him. Like he deduces, uh, like his psychosis, and is able to realize that Bruce Wayne and Batman are one and the same person. Mm-hmm. And who I else mean, would be able to afford a plane and a bike and a car? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing how some people haven't figured this out. He's clearly a rich guy. He's clearly t- in the Dark Knight universe. How the fuck? If Batman's driving around a tank, I'm immediately thinking, oh, it's a billionaire. There's no fucking yeah. way. That's, that's just some random guy that got access <laughs> yeah. to a fucking tank, bro. Like in that Hush in the Hush uh, movie when like Catwoman finds out it's Bruce Wayne and she's like, and then she's like, why did I never think of that? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys uh, ever, have you heard of this documentary? I forget what it was called. I think it was on Netflix, but it's about like this guy, like a regular average Joe. He, um, he, he basically like made himself uh, a tank. He made himself like, like, a, like an armored vehicle and, and like made it like kind of like out of like a bulldozer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. There was yeah. like, a, and then he like tried to like yeah, destroy and he like, a, he de- he a courthouse. Or... No, yeah, he destroyed the courthouse in his town. He destroyed like a bunch of buildings yeah, in his yeah, hometown, and like they were like trying to shoot him, but like they couldn't shoot him. And he had like he would he would start he would like be shooting people, and he because he made these like little uh, keyhole like a little hole in to shoot the gun out of, but it was barricaded. And nobody could figure out how he was shooting people, and it's because he had cameras all on the outside of the vehicle, so that's how he knew how to drive places. Dude, it's a crazy documentary. I gotta you gotta tell me the the name of that. That's that's the Banter Booth recommendation movie of the week, because I, I want to check that out. Tread. That's what it's Tread. called. Oh yeah, Tread. Yeah, I remember Tread. when um yeah when that came. I remember when it's that was Netflix, happening. I'm pretty sure. I remember when Netflix. that was happening. Yeah, it happened in wow. 2004 in Colorado. Yeah, I remember. Dude, I, crazy I, documentary. Yeah, I remember because my uh, my dad had just been there. And then he was watching the news and was like, look at this guy, he's crazy. <laughs> and I think that the ATF killed him or something. Was that? Uh, die? No, no, I don't or think he, 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 he didn't die. Or I think he, sh- I, I can't remember. I think he shot himself inside the bulldozer once uh, yeah. he like ran out of gas or something like that or fuel and but yeah he like he fucked the town up (laughs) yeah leveled he almost leveled the town like yeah he went drove through buildings and stuff like that like yeah because they wanted to take his land or something like that 
take my land, I'm gonna drive through your town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's book. a story that's very uh, th- there's a, a lot of ample opportunity. You could take that documentary and make it into a feature length film for sure. I'm oh, surprised they haven't done oh, that already. Oh, they're they're, they're probably doing it. Probably someone is the making script it. is in the works. <laughs> no, yeah. no, they're they're too busy trying to make the ghost of Kiev movie. Right <laughs> yeah, <now. laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which I'm cheesed about because I was talking about that with like some people at work and we were all talking about it and we were like, holy shit, like we could make this movie. And they're like, we were contemplating like, yo, how would we make this movie? Like, you know, the first 21st century ace pilot, you know? And I was like, well, what if you did it? I had an idea where, what if you did it and made it a horror movie from like the Russians troopers perspective where like they had this kind of like otherworldly being attacking them you know like from the sky or something like that yeah and then, and then but in the end it turns out he's a hero for the ukraine <laughs> that definitely changes up the narrative and it definitely would make it less uh copycat of like a top gun sort of type movie yeah, yeah. exactly like that's i wouldn't want to make although it like i that. think that we should they should push that movie way too far in advance because the war is still going on <laughs> and there are people still like hiding in bomb shelters like so i don't know it's just it would, I think it would be really like, like cringy, almost like almost like sad if they were like yeah. the ghost of Kiev, twenty twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> While they're still, like, hey man, they were making fighting. World War Two movies in the midst of World War Two. You know, like there were yeah, Nazis in films yeah. and stuff. So yeah. Oh, that, that is true. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think they should make it like a horror movie, and but like you know, a propaganda for the for the for the Ukrainian military. Yeah, but it's end. not propaganda. It's more like, it's more of like. But wasn't that like like those German World War II films were? I mean, you could make like, the argument that any American-based war film is also propaganda. So yeah, yeah like exactly. American Sniper, like that shit is just that is well propaganda. Just... American <laughs> yeah. Sniper, I can agree with that. It's probably propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, we got yeah. totally off topic here. Yeah. How did we end up? I don't even know how we ended up. Bulldozer. (laughs) Yeah, when the bulldozer. Yeah. Um, Talking about Batman with a tank and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how we got there. That's that's how we got where we're at. Okay. Uh, I. Yeah. I don't actually remember how we got to that. Uh, I I don't remember like what exactly how you started that sentence, Chris. And then I was like, Yeah. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're doing. So right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring us back here. Thank you. Um, we're, <laughs> Thank talk, you we're talking about potential ideas for the sequel. And I, you know what? I haven't yeah. uh, I'll say my piece now since. Uh, yeah. yeah. So with what you guys are saying, you know, Mike talking about Poison Ivy, Chris bringing up Mr. Freeze. Um, I think it'd be great to see Mr. Freeze more so than Poison Ivy, because I think there's a reality. You could definitely make Mr. Freeze in reality just with the grounded nature of the Matt Reeves universe. Not to yeah. say that he won't at some point go crazy because who knows? Maybe he'll want like a gonzo poison ivy plant fucking movie where the plants are taking over gotham city where it's just absolutely wild who knows Mm -hmm. but mr freeze you could have it just be that he's a smart man he builds a suit builds a gun that can shoot ice and then there you go basically he's like because captain cold you could make in the real world which is i know a flash villain but similar similar idea yeah one thing i'd like to see in a batman sequel though one thing that I thought about that I was like, I would love to see them bring Harvey Dent into it. They are in need of a DA, you know, with Gil Coulson, spoiler alert, dying in the yeah. Batman. Uh, and by the way, if I had to say spoiler alert and you're an hour into this podcast, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey yeah. Dent. 
bring yeah, him he in. Didn't really, yeah, his head exploded. Yeah. <laughs> so, not just his head, his whole body. Like, yeah. I don't okay. think there's yeah. anything left. Batman yeah. was right in front of that guy. His jaw is completely uh, exposed. That bomb went off in his face. That man, dude, Batman should have lost his jaw. Dude, dude. You Come don't on. kill Batman like that. Yeah. Come on. Listen, dude, Robert Pattinson's jaw alone <laughs> could survive a blast. Like, he doesn't even hear <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He does also, have a pretty strong jawline. But also the fact that, like, I think it was like, you and I who like, brought this up was, like, the fact that, like, they bring him into the police station and then they start taking off his mask. Yes. They, oh, they my God. Like, like, while he's, like, just, like, waking up, but like, they're like, well, let's see who's under the mask. And it's like, why didn't you be like, oh, he's not, he's dying. Take off his mask. Give him mouth to mouth. Yeah. Okay. That that was one of the things that kind of I was just like, if I was a cop, I'm probably taking off his mask while I know the motherfucker's unconscious. You know, when I'm transporting him to the station, maybe I try to take a peek there. But that's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. yeah. I Go would on, like Zach. to see Harvey Dent in the sequel, but I don't want to see him become Two Face. Leave it just that he's a nice guy. We get to see the relationship between Gordon Dent oh. and Batman just for one film. And then maybe in the third one, make him into Two-Face. And you could do more of a... I know the first one was sort of a long Halloween-esque story, but maybe you could do an actual long Halloween adaptation in the third movie. Because then you can bring in all the rogues because most of them are involved in that storyline anyways. Joker's there, Two-Face is the main people. Uh, I do like that idea. Underman. I like it. I would love to see a Court of Owls, though, make make some appearances because... That's something that interests me. Not very an original thought. I know a lot of people are talking about Court of Owls in a potential. I know Dano. Sequel. I know Paul Dano and um, uh, and Pattinson both liked both like Court of Owls, and they talked about it yeah. in some interview. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all I want is uh, Zoe Kravitz to be back in every single movie, because like, you know, that's you know, that's all that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, like if I. I mean, we didn't really get to talk about Catwoman, but um, let's get into it. What I think, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm what ready I, to talk. <laughs> I mean, I think what I love about most about Zoe Kravitz's portrayal of Catwoman is that um, we got to see a lot more of her than uh, in Hathaway's character, and you yeah. know, she's still she's still developing as a, as a thief. You know, like she's not like she's not like the the master burglar Catwoman yet. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. she barely has a mask that covers her face um but i think what i liked about most is just like how how sexy she was with just the way she spoke and just yes. how she just like her overall vibe was it was very like sensual you know and like and i liked the fact that like you know she was wearing like a like a skin tight outfit but it wasn't exactly skin tight and you know mm-hmm. and they weren't like you know overly sexualizing her like you know there's never really a shot of like you know like like her butt or her breasts or anything like that it's yeah. just you know she's always she's her whole self is always in the whole frame you know mm-hmm. they don't go to they don't stoop to lows Th- thank god for matt yeah. reeves and greg frazier they don't do the whole male gaze of let's just get yeah. a nice shot of her ass here for because it's yeah. like well, she's like, it's walking like classic somewhere. michael bay you know it's like classic yeah. michael oh. bay if there's a if there's a beautiful woman, it's like all right, put her in a tank top and make her wet. All right, <laughs> let's let's do the let's do, let's do the fucking dolly tra- three sixty dolly tracking shot. <laughs> or you get fast times. and furious, where it's like, okay, 
All I want to do now is I want to have all you girls in a line shaking your booty. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to just going to have the camera go right through your butts. Okay. All you guys jiggling. And then Vin Diesel is going to pull up in a car and we're going to go right through his pasture side window. And it's like, yeah. And he's going to get out and be like family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the, the one thing about the fast and the furious movies is that they always have, they always have these like strong, confident women in the movies but at some point they're gonna end up in a bikini like they're yeah. like you know they're, or they're like, being saved or you yeah, know they're like like you'll see them doing like jumping like jumping from car to car doing some badass stunts yeah and then at fighting some point some they're guy, like yeah. all right we need to sorry guys but we need to bring you down a peg yep. and we, yeah we, and we need to over sexualize you sorry it's just that part of the movie <laughs> yeah. we got we gotta do it but, I, um, I I agree. Well, Fast and Furious is just garbage, but I still watch every single one of those movies. So. Oh yeah, dude, it's a great. <laughs> they, they it's should, honestly a. Fun, they should have stopped after watch. Paul Walker died. To it's a fun watch, you know. Yeah, they're enjoyable because I mean, now you're just watching them just to see how bad or crazy they can get. Yeah. I want to know they're now. Not, that you've taken not even this... like a car racing show movie anymore. It's just like this is like they're like it's the end of the world, and only a street gang from Los Angeles can save us. <laughs> it's like what what about like the world's best military no 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 one can drive like these guys can yeah <laughs> as we seg segue here as we're talking about cars <laughs> what did we think of the batmobile scene my favorite batmobile probably now i've ever seen i i just like how it's so it's real it's rugged it's badass i love muscle yeah. type vehicles though so i'm i'm, yeah, I'm a sucker too. for it yeah yeah me too it's, I think it's my favorite Batmobile so far. That Although scene, there, though, there is I have that a dinky one... car, too. I have a dinky car of it. I bought one just so I could look at it all the time now. So I have my own Batmobile. No, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there is that one scene I didn't like in it is when he, like, pulls up to see Jordan. Because, like, the light's on. Like, the... but oh, he, the like, pull... Yeah, but he pulls up to it like he's, like, a, ca- like, he's, like, a cab driver. Like, he pulls he's up Uber. and he's, like... <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? When like Uber he's, he's like waiting at the bottom of the lift and he's you need like to get somewhere in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he like pulls up and he's like and he's like, You're not I you're not here? And he's like, I thought you called. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like <laughs> You're <right>. Uber. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Jordan, I, I, I'm just out doing groceries. What do you, what do you need? <laughs> doing, a gros- doing a grocery run for Alfred. What do you need? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I think what I liked about most uh, in that chase, in that chase scene, was that it's probably like uh, I, I know some people didn't like it because it was um, it was a little jarring at times because it was pretty quick cuts some of the times. I feel like they probably could have. Um, hold hold the frame on some of it a bit longer but i mean mm. that's the, the way they chose to do it but it was what kind of what was kind of interesting especially from like a filmmaking perspective is that it was uh it was all like close-ups with most like the like the yeah. almost the whole car GoPro chase shots. yeah it was like all close-ups of you know not just the characters involved but like it wasn't even like like close like it was like like i liked how they put i think especially on penguin's car where they put uh the the they place the camera right in front of his like rear view mirror like on the like towards the hood on the on the passenger side and you would see him like in the foreground kind of thing with the rain in the background and all that stuff and i really like that shot that was a fucking beautiful shot as well as like the ones on the back of the batmobile 
um yeah it was it was it was it was a pleasant scene to watch it was it was good and, and i'm glad you brought up the filmmaking perspective of it and i i, I thought yeah. that was a cool detail that you brought up that the majority is close-ups putting you in the action making you feel much more involved or, a, yeah, or an active participant yeah active and participant. it's raining like you never see car chases in the rain anymore like that's crazy it was it was very um kind of reminded me of like uh, i don't know if you guys ever seen the french connection with gene hackman um it's like from the 70s yeah, yeah. but that that car chase is crazy and I, I actually just learned like i don't know maybe like a year ago um that apparently that car chase they didn't have a permit to drive uh in the streets of new york for that scene and literally they just the director was like fuck it we're gonna do it guerrilla style so they uh -huh. just they literally like gene hackman is in the car driving weaving in and out of real traffic while a, a car while a tracking car is following him through actual traffic so like none of those none of those people are like like on the street are like actors or, ex or extras they're like real people who are just living their life in new york city that day and these guys just are just weaving in and out of traffic like madmen um but yeah was, I, I didn't know that it was like like a real like it was it was all real and gene mm -hmm. hackman was actually driving like it's pretty it's pretty crazy speaking of amazing car chase scenes or movies i mean i, I just feel like you bring up french connection i want to bring up one of my favorites which is just mad max fury road that whole oh. fucking movie's a chase but the filmmaking and what went into that like that's got to be one of the most insane productions i've ever read or, or seen really because it's crazy what they pulled off with with that movie and how it's even how it's even coherent like how the fuck is that movie so cohesive knowing yeah. how, how they made it george miller would shoot three second shots just be like all right i need your hand to go here just once okay now i just need you to say one word for the camera right here and it's just like the way that he pieced this movie together that he's a madman but dude, it that works movie, that movie is probably one of my it was it, i would say is definitely in my top five movies of the last like probably like 20 or 30 years because that like i remember going to the cinema to watch that and now me and my buddy were just like yo let's just smoke a joint and let's go check this movie out and you know let's like i hear it's pretty good and we were in there and we were just like both like so into this movie and like we're like holy shit what is happening right now and then we walked out and we're like what the fuck did we what did we just watch man he's like yo i felt like it was like a dream you know like it was like i was like transported to another world and that's exactly what that movie does to me every time i watch it again i just get transported into that world and i think that's why i love i really really love that movie and i think one of the most important aspects of those chase scenes what george miller would created with that film was that you feel like you're in the in the war rig. You feel like you're with yeah. Nux and Max and whoa, 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 and all that. Whoa, 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 whoa. We literally had this exact conversation in the last one. We literally had this exact conversation in the last one. What about Mad Max? Yeah, you literally brought up the fact that you and your friend got high and you went to check out the movie. Oh, yeah. And you it said the exact same thing. Yeah, that's my story, man. What do you want? Wait a minute. In the Marvel Spectacular, we talked about this? Yes, we did. Oh, I got to go back. This is amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't know I literally, that I'm like sitting here, like listening to you. I'm like sitting here listening. I'm like, and I'm like, we have had this exact <laughs> conversation. 
Yeah, we have. This is a perfect <laughs> anniversary then. I mean, this is I mean, great. It, it, I mean, it clearly shows I'm telling the truth because it's the only story I tell. <laughs> it lines up. The details are the same. I mean, I'll go back and I'll listen to the Marvel Spectacular now because that's actually funny, Mike. Dude, that's how much I love Mad Max Fury Road. That's oh. how much I love it because it just you, makes me relive that moment, you know? Chris, have you have you heard of, and I'm totally going on a tangent here, but have you heard of the new book, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, the behind the scenes telling of how they made the movie? No, no. Oh man, I got it. Uh, next time in Toronto, I'll fucking I'll meet up with you. I can give you the book so you can like borrow it and read it. It's so fascinating. All this stuff. This they talk about the pre-production, how it was in production, and then post and release, and then also how it was received, obviously, with the six Oscars. But it's crazy knowing the process of like what went into it. Like that was a movie yeah. where it almost got off the ground in 2002, didn't. They even go into how George Miller almost made a Justice League movie back in 2007. Yeah, and it's just yeah. A lot of cool details that they bring to light, like who was almost cast, like Heath yeah, Ledger was his first yeah. choice to replace yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah, I know. What well, was kind of interesting, because, like, you know, you've been hearing, I guess because cool. of that, I guess because of that book coming out, you know, uh, we hear about the the turmoil between like Charlize and Tom Hardy. And like, I thought that was really interesting, especially like how they basically hate each other, even though Tom Hardy now has come out saying that he was kind of a prick. So... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah she well, did like security to like follow her around so he didn't like bother her. Yeah, it's intense. Ah man, it, it's great when you get into like those parts of the movie. They they talk about at the like when they both say their piece, they're both grateful that they had that experience because they they feel like it informed their performances. But Charlize definitely. I mean, you could tell in the production part of it, Charlize and Tom. They even go as far as to say that they really didn't like working with one another, and it was only after the movie was released where they were able to reconcile and like be like you know i'm tom hardy i'm sorry that was shitty of me i didn't know what was happening like tom hardy had so many regrets and he goes into it in the book um talking about this is totally off topic but he goes into it in the book about all the regrets he has if he had known what movie george miller was making he would have been a better actor to be around but he admits he wasn't a great person on that production and that not a lot of people liked him because of his attitude that he brought yeah but i think it, it definitely helped i think honestly i think that aspect makes me like the movie more because it really it, it really it really comes out in like how especially when they first meet up like furiosa and and mad max like they're kind of like at odds with one another they're not they're not like too happy with each other being in, in like in the vicinity of each other because like they're both just trying to like get away right mm -hmm. and i kind of like I, I kind of enjoyed that animosity of them towards each other especially in that scene when they first get away and i think they get off the war rig and all the girls are uh i think they're like trying to get the sand they're like all showering or whatever and like and then tom hardy's like holding one of them hostage like that animosity between them in that scene is like perfect like you you could tell that they clearly didn't like each other and i think that's what kind of like helped especially in that scene yeah okay mad max for me for sure i think honestly top 25 for me best movies i've ever seen and yeah. the book only solidified it because i loved getting into the the nitty-gritty on how it was all executed and all that um, oh, yeah. especially how much work like they had to spend because they filmed it in south africa they had to spend two million dollars i think it was actually more than that but so much money was spent moving all the vehicles because they were all built in australia they had yeah, to yeah. buy a ship and then take it to south africa where they were filming it in the desert and then i think it was about had two million more dollars that they had to spend on gasoline for the entire shoot. God damn. Yeah. Plus, they, I think they had to, because like, I think where they're shooting in South Africa, then they had to move. Uh, I think 
where they were planning on shooting, they had to move or something. And I think they shot in, in Nambia. Yes. The Nambia desert. They had to like, they had to move the shoot. And then I think like to them to just get to the location to shoot at base camp, it was like, like a four hour drive or something from like anywhere, like, like anywhere that was like, I guess like livable. Mm-hmm. They, they even have like they in the small village that they all lived at their town was just a small village it had a, it had a bar and all that but they had to hire personal security because a lot of people um, that knew that it was a Hollywood production tried robbing a lot of the actors and production crew when they were coming out of the bar at night and stuff so then they had to get personal security so that none of that would happen and people wouldn't break into their houses in the middle of the night either yeah yeah I heard they had to have it on set too because uh, like at base camp because they were worried about people stealing all the equipment and shit. Mm-hmm. Just Especially all the vehicles. They're like all one of a kind. An absolutely in- insane production. And I can only wonder what George Miller's um, Justice League and Batman would have been like. But at least we get to know how Matt Reeves' Batman was really like. See, see what I did there? Uh, oh, bringing it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> bringing it back. Okay. Because I love Mad Max and I could go on forever. But yeah, I'm saying. Like, back to the Catwoman stuff. I honestly, when I was watching it, Zoe Kravitz, I, I said to my friend, when, as soon as the movie was over, we're grabbing drinks and I just immediately went, I fell. I, I think I'm in love. I fell in yeah. love with her in that movie. Like I was insane. Yeah. People say they couldn't buy how Robert Pattinson's Batman and her, you know, developed a romance in that movie. But I'm like, Bro, you weren't what? watching the same movie. How you, if you couldn't see how that romance was developed, then that's on you because it's Dude. right there in front of your face. Robert Dude, Pattinson is a better man than me. Trust me. <laughs> if, if, if Zoe Kravitz was like, was like, let's be the bat and the cat. I'm mean, gonna be like, fuck Gotham, fuck Gotham. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's clear that that Batman. Uh, I think someone had brought up. It's like pretty clear in the movie that Batman <laughs> is a virgin. <laughs> in every interaction with with who has so, no with, idea with how to interact with her. No idea. Like this I mean, guy. Not really, man. This guy I mean, has look not at been Zoe Kravitz. Like. Dude, if Zoe Kravitz came up to you and started talking to you that close, you would be like, you would be like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I know, but Zoe more Kravitz so, <laughs> but more so in the version that he's uh, like, he, he's not like, uh, like a, like, like a, like a mature, like man, you know, like mm-hmm. more in the fact that he's immature with the way he, he, he dealt and spoke with her he kind of like ignored her and like wouldn't like pr- pretend that he like you know wouldn't be listening and stuff like that you know and that's yeah. just because i mean the man's been the man's been in, been going out at night for the past two years and probably hasn't hasn't really had a chance to have a conversation with an actual living breathing woman you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just uh out of the you've been out of the loop recently <laughs> I mean, like he was riding around like... on his motorcycle, <laughs> oh. um, which I think is kind of cool in that sense because he's not like Batman on the motorcycle. He's like just this right, like he's just him. He's more of like a voyeur. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he's like um, all of a sudden, and then he, he like changes in the alleyway when he. <laughs> I mean, what what do we think? Fights. I mean, maybe to like move move on from Catwoman. And how much we love Whoa. Zoe Kravitz and how we love her. I don't think maybe we should move on, on to the Riddler because we haven't spoken about Paul Dano's Riddler yet. I don't think I'm ready to move on yet. <laughs> All right, well, Mike, then you can go first. Let's see. Go, go start. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on the Riddler, buddy. <laughs> okay. Well, I would let Zoe Kravitz push me down a flight of stairs, but <laughs> I would also, <laughs> I also really did like Paul Dano's um, Riddler. Um, I liked his like 
4chan-esque like aspect yeah it's um, like incel thing you were saying before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 where like um i did i think like uh some of like the memes that i've seen online about uh about the riddler are very funny too like where he's like twitch streaming and like and then he's Hi, like guys. yeah <laughs> and then it's like and it's like uh the batman donates three dollars like oh three dollars from the batman haha did fuck <laughs> like, hey 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 get out of here get out of here. <laughs> three dollars from vengeance <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly like that he's like this like incel like twitch streamer that like um um but is like i think is like very cool aspect um yeah i think yeah. it's uh it makes it relatable yeah very like to like the grounds it a world. lot yeah mm-hmm. I and that's why I... I think like sorry to interrupt but like, yeah, yeah i think that that's why like people are worried uh, about how he moves on to different um like super villains like the you know like um mr freeze or poison ivy or the joker or all this other thing because he's so he's so normal right he's not this like dude in a you know question mark suit um i mean he's not he's not he's not like a fantastical villain but i mean he's he's never been a fantastical villain i mean the the cool thing about riddler is that his 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 brain is his uh is his superpower right Mm -hmm. his his mind is his his superpower you know and like that's kind of like with the joker like the joker is not like a strong individual but it was kind of his chaotic nature that was his superpower you know Mm -hmm. like and same with the like like the penguin like the penguin's not like a super fanatical guy he's just he's just a, a crime lord you know he just kind of like is 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 he's a, a power hungry money all consuming money uh monster you know mm-hmm. um, but that's what's kind of cool about like most of batman's villains is that like you know like not all of them have like crazy superpowers some of them are just human beings uh that are just uh, all consumed by one thing or one purpose Mm -hmm. did you think that there was enough riddler though in the film because i know that that was a common uh, criticism a lot of people had is that he really wasn't he really isn't in the movie much no he isn't but i mean the movie's called the batman not the riddler you know (laughs) well then that you make a great point (laughs) (laughs) uh like to be honest i wish there was a bit more but um, I think I liked how much we got out of him because mm-hmm. I feel like we will we'll definitely see more of him um, later on. Um, mm-hmm. Like I liked, like I know a lot of people are kind of like, like a lot of people like laughed at the fact of his his like his uh, interrogation scene. He's like, oh yeah, it was like it was great, but it was like you know it was kind of funny when he started like you know kind of like freaking out like no 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 like he was kind of like a child esque and I'm like yeah. well he is a like child no yeah, no exactly. no so one they're, like, throwing, they're yeah. both throwing temper tantrums in that scene yeah like, exactly it's supposed to show yeah. the parallel someone yeah, exactly. like called it exactly. like uh, a very like Trump ish like way where he's just like no 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 <laughs> yeah but but upon but but what I was trying to get at is that um, what what I think I liked about the most, especially on the second viewing, is I actually ended up appreciating those small little um, like uh, cell phone videos he did. 
Mm, like yeah. man like i when i watched it the second time i i didn't really pay attention but i uh, like the first time around i mean i was just kind of like already like kind of zoned into the movie watching it but upon second viewing i was like really paying attention to especially like because like i think matt reeves came out and said that paul dano essentially like filmed those and directed them himself like with no direction uh from him like paul dano basically got into the mind of the riddler and just did that himself on the phone on his own phone or whatever and i really liked those little things like the way he would move the camera on himself and like and then the way he would like kind of like overreact like get really really loud at some points like silence or something like mm-hmm. that and then and then get calm and collected and kind of go out in his own way but yeah that's um, all i wanted to say i just really enjoyed those little kind of like vignettes we got of the riddler mm-hmm. oh it definitely made him much more terrifying uh, terrifying and it added the it added the presence because obviously for me even though he's not in the movie a lot you feel his presence a lot you see yeah. those videos he could be anywhere um yeah. he's looking at people through binoculars he's, he's in their car like those his presence is felt throughout the movie. Yeah. Regardless of him not being there, you feel yeah. him there. Yeah. And then especially towards the end, even after they capture him, he doesn't care that yeah. he's captured because his presence has already been made with his 500 followers, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the, the Riddler could be anybody in anywhere. Yeah. And I, and exactly. I, I really liked, I really liked that idea. He already I like the won, whole idea. I like that he only had like 500 followers. I liked how he was like, he has 500 followers. And I remember in that theater and people were like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I remember like I saw it with Metamoros and, uh, and I like leaned over to like Metamoros and I was like, I have more Instagram followers than the Riddler. (laughs) And then, and then you told me that. And I was like, wow, I have less followers than the Riddler. (laughs) Chris, same here, man. I got, I got less too. (laughs) I think I, I like, have exactly well, half. Well, well, boys. Looks like I, I'm going to become the psychopath now. <laughs> who says you already are? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I become the new Riddler. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's arc is <laughs> just starting. Um, All right. So, Riddler... <laughs> I, yeah, he I definitely. Like that, all right, I like that. All right, <laughs> you're like, dude. I, I didn't right. know what to, I didn't know what to say. I was immediately I know, going into really, the next thing. Really I was like, right. there. yeah, we gotta, really yeah, we gotta move on. I was really like, I'm, I'm just gonna, there. I just wanted to move on to the next thing, Mike. Sorry, man. <laughs> I know it's just the way it went so, silent after that. It was just so we've, funny. <laughs> we've talked about like I, I like we've already brought up some of the Dark Knight stuff. We've talked about Penguin. We've talked about Catwoman, Riddler. Um, couple people we haven't get to yet. So just quick, quickly, like let's get to some aspects here. Falcone. I like that it's pronounced oh. Falcone and not Falcone this time. It just felt yeah. I don't know. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I like John Turturro. He delivered Dude, for me. That was like it. great. Oh yeah, I, for sure. I, I haven't seen John Turturro this good in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's never he's never been bad, but like it's just I always like his presence in movies because I feel like he does bring us some sort of energy. But it was nice to see him in this role because like he still kind of brings that 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 kind of, I don't know, like he, he brings kind of like a, a, a light to, uh, to the role, but he still has that kind of, um, kind of like that, that, that darkness and kind mm-hmm. of that, uh, scariness of like, Oh, like, Holy shit. This guy's like a big boss, you know, in a way he is the real villain or ma- main villain of the movie, you know, in a way, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, he, is he, the mayor of he ends the up mayor, having, yeah. 
yeah, he ends up having a much bigger role than like, I, I thought, you know, we're going to see Falcone a couple of times. So he'll just be a presence that's, that's established, but it turns out he's actually one of the main factors playing yeah. into this movie. He's yeah. you take that piece out. It's not going to, it's the movie's not going to work, but obviously it wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense. But like, yeah, I, I, also, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Same. I liked how they also even pulled the long Halloween bit where uh Catwoman is uh Falcone's daughter. Um, I, I, I really appreciated that. I was like, Oh, cool. Little, same little, with, uh, little Easter egg, you know, same with how he got the scars on his face. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. With the nice scars, way to yeah. do that. I was not expecting. I thought that was oh, that's a, such a cool detail to add for the comic book yeah. readers that you're like, oh, he's got those famous three scars and throughout the whole movie. I wasn't even yeah. really paying attention. The movie does. A, I like it when it does that. It gives you something like you're like you'd like to see, but you're not expecting to see it. That's yeah. great fanfare in my mind. Even even when he spoiler alert, even when he uh, he <laughs> dies, even when he dies, uh, shortly shortly after that uh the scene with him under the uh the lamplight with batman uh holding him or i think it was i think it was the cops holding him or i think it was gordon holding him in his arms as he uh, like, died batman, or whatever yeah. uh that was reminiscent of uh of like an, an actual like comic panel from the long halloween i think when falcone dies in in the comic as well he also dies under a lamppost on the street chris i own the long halloween and you're making me want to reread it only because some of these things i'm like man i totally forgot about that i totally forgot about that so now i know what's on next to my reading list yeah i know i'm also i know i'm i have like a bunch of batman comics and i'm like kind of slowly going through them again because long halloween's my, my favorite one i, I love I, I don't barely remember what happened so it's good i reread it because it's been like five years i really like long halloween i like the seat like this because it's like a series so they have like the long halloween you have dark victory which yes. introduces robin and then you also have haunted night which is kind of like a bunch of like little short stories that take place between the two books um, those are really good. The one that I don't have, though, that apparently is a companion book to those is um, Catwoman When in Rome, which is the same Catwoman from that that series. And it's about her uh, finding out her her uh, her kind of like her family's past because she was Falcone's daughter. So she goes to Rome in Italy um, and becomes like a jewel thief and kind of part of like the crime over there and kind of mm -hmm. figuring out who she is. I haven't read that one yet, but I heard that one's really good, too. Yeah. Okay. I knew about dark victory, never read it, but long Halloween. I mean, the Batman stories that I've got is I got like a few comics here and there, just like random single issues. Then I got long Halloween court of owls, night of owls. Cause I think that's the second one. I don't have city of owls, which I think is the third. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I have, I have the original death in the family paperback where they combined all the issues where we nice. killed Jason Todd. Yeah. I have, um, I have, uh, I still have it like in the, sealed package but i have like a lonely place to die which is the, the it's the comic where jason todd dies by the hands of joker oh, yeah we talked about that we talked about that on uh Zai. is that if if the joker is in the next movie do we see a robin in this movie in the next movie and then because we haven't we haven't talked about that and that, and there's been a, lots of talk about robin being in this series um mm -hmm. yeah good good point because i i kind of I, I i want him to be in this series because like like i said earlier like if the the next movie should be about batman keeping the hope alive and i think that's part of who, what the robin character is robin is part of batman's hope 
for a better Gotham and a better world. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be cool for a Robin to appear. Um, I've had like frank discussions with like a friend at work about it. And, you know, we, we were thinking like, it would be kind of weird for this Batman to adopt, like be a, adopt uh, a child uh yeah come to become his ward or whatever it would be kind of like kind of weird looking because there is that kind of like homoeroticism surrounded by like the whole robin thing Mm -hmm. so i think like if they were to bring a a robin into this i think they should bring the tim drake robin because tim drake is also a a world a, a detective in his own right and he figures out who batman is on his own he figures out batman and bruce wayne are the same person and i think bringing like another kind of detective kind of like mind to this Batman might be a bit more convincing than having him adopt a kid and then train him to be fight crime alongside him. Yeah. Whereas, I wouldn't say that, that they would go the adopt route. I would say yeah. more of like that. He's like the kid on the street Yeah, that, um, and some people looked at the kid that, uh, that he lets he doesn't like beat the shit out of in the first yeah. like five minutes of the movie. People yeah. are saying that that could be him, could or be him. they go into like some other different route where he's like, um, you know, that he's uh, there's some like weird, you know, like uh, accident or whatever where you know that um, and Batman arrives and he's like the kid that's alone and. Um, or you know, the, like there's so, there's a lot of ways that it can go down, um, but you know, people said that like me and Zach talked about like Red Hood, and like how if if he to be a possibility in this series, mm-hmm. um, it would be cool. But I don't know if they'll, I don't I don't I don't know if they'll they'll go that right or or, or they should just because, mm-hmm. I mean there are like I was talking to my friend about it and like the, I mean there already is a good Red Hood movie. Um, true. and it's and it's the cartoon you know yeah yeah i mean that that movie's great um it is but we talked about zach and i talked about this uh was that like they that just because zach said that like he wanted mr freeze to to come in mm-hmm. um as well and uh and we talked about how like if it's mr freeze and then at the very end and we have a robin in the movie and at the very end, the Joker shows up, and he st- and he kidnaps Robin, mm-hmm. and that's like the last ending of the the movie is him like beating Robin. Mm-hmm. Feels like sure. a lot that you. I mean, then again, you make another three hour movie. There's a lot of ground to cover to pull that off. But uh, I mean, I would just. I mean, I because I love the Red Hood storyline. I would love to see it. Obviously. Mm-hmm. brought yeah, to and, like live action do it in a movie because we've seen it in video games and and we've seen in the animated the, the movies TV, and the and in the tv series they did it but oh, i didn't yeah, really titans, like the so... tv i don't really i didn't really like it in titans i thought it was just kind of like i don't know it didn't it didn't the way that he was like he didn't look like red hood right he's too like young to be red hood i don't know like underneath the mask i agree with you but with the full suit on i was just like this is it's cool it looks great yeah, it's it just does. when he takes off the mask, I'm just like, this isn't just, just not how I pictured it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but although I do agree with Chris that the the Red Hood movie is fucking sick, top tier, one of the only animated movies uh, I, I own. That and Flashpoint Paradox. 
Love both oh, of yeah. Oh, Red Hood. But um, it's so good, though, especially like the, the subway scene when the subway arcs around the corner and he's like, you're done slow, Bruce. And then he like sits <laughs> back and he's like, he knows my fucking name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's um, good stuff. Well, one one thing I wanted to to point out was that since I think bringing Tim Drake would be a good idea uh, just to move, like, if, if they were to bring a Robin. But I know a lot of people might argue the fact that, you know, like, like personally, like, I, I like Dick Grayson. Like, Dick Grayson is probably my, my personal favorite Robin, uh, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, he gets to be his own superhero outright in Nightwing. But yeah. what I found really interesting in this movie is that they, you know, uh, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, Catwoman and Batman go their separate ways, and Catwoman goes to Bloodhaven, which is where Nightwing resides as as his current crime fighter. So, what if we go? What if in the Catwoman series, uh, she is in Bloodhaven, and what if she does run into Dick Grayson, who is maybe a teenager. In- who who is in no i would say like i would say like an adult male run like maybe in his like early 20s what if he becomes influenced by the batman being in gotham mm-hmm. and becomes his own hero outright becomes nightwing nightwing right you know? away yeah he could just become nightwing and honestly i wouldn't be mad about that um that would be interesting but it, yeah that's, that's what i'm saying it could be interesting and it could be the beginning of uh the like bringing out the bat family which like we have yet to see it's mm-hmm. like done well at least okay yeah, i was gonna in, say <laughs> done well in in uh in the movies because you know and, and i feel like that would also separate the matt reeves trilogy from the dark knight trilogy you know like mm-hmm. i mean people could argue the fact that joseph gordon of levant was robin at the end of the movie but it's like bro he didn't have red green or yellow on so he's not robin okay mm-hmm. there was no robin in that movie it was it was just batman you know and he basically wouldn't even have become robin at the end of that movie that was clearly setting him up to be the next batman <laughs> yeah just his, just... his real name was robin which was that cringeworthy writing yeah, that yeah i know i would have rather him not be his name be robin and just him take up the mantle of batman yeah like i would have I, you know, like, yeah i would have been fine with that you know i don't know why they had to elude the fact that his name was robin that was like it was like, some, like, like what no that was like fun, what do you that was what like do you mean fun, I, I loved that i loved that, I it was hated so, that. it's hammering oh, the point like, home mike it, it yeah. doesn't it's like you're it's doing like, too much it's no, like, it's like talk, the, what do you mean? We talked about what this. What do you mean? In, no, no, no. It's like, no, no, it's like, no, no. it's like Solo. Oh. It's like how Han Solo gets his name. He's like, what's your name? Han. Are you by yourself? Yeah. What's your last name? Okay. I don't have one. You, well, you're Solo. You're Han, Han Solo. Solo. Oh, dude, not, it, dude, not that it was that lame. bad. No, it no, was no, that no, no, no. They're on the same. Mike, I got, I got it. I'm signed with Chris on this one. It's pretty similar. Oh, yeah, not even, dude. That was the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Why are your name? Oh, it's Han. Oh, you, oh, you're by yourself in Solo. No, I like. She, she's like, I like. It's like you should use your real name, Robin. And then it was like, oh, <gasps> shit. And it was like, yeah. Even even you in the movie theater were like, oh. and then afterwards you were like, hey, I bet <laughs> me in the movie oh, no. theater. I was 15 years old when that movie came out. I, pro- exactly. I probably, I think, I, I, yeah, no, I probably was like, oh my god, that's so cool. But now that uh, time has changed, my opinion has changed. Oh, lame, lame, lame L plus ratio. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, oh, no, it's sick. And then he jumps back into the 
he goes into the bat cave and the and the the bat yeah, symbols there. That part's great. It's just the yeah. whole Robin thing sucked. It's I just hated that. Yeah, it's unneeded. The yeah. point's already being made that he's the yeah. successor to Batman. You don't need to yeah. include all like that. Just yeah. seemed like it was. It's there only because it felt like the studio was just like, can he just can you just make him Robin? And then Christopher Nolan was just like, fuck it, I'll add it in. But then added it in the most clunky spot. Yeah, I guarantee you he probably hates it. <laughs> Low key, Chris Nolan hates that he had to do that. I wonder if now that he's separated from Warner Brothers, we can get like a tell all book of like his actual feelings about a lot of the things that he dealt with over there. Oh, true. Yeah, that would be interesting, actually. Well, I heard I heard there, I think he wanted a Robin, but I think it was the fact that, uh, um, you know, uh, Christian Bale said he wouldn't do Batman if there was a Robin. Well, that's what's worth looking up, seeing if that's because uh, I, I, I mean, don't know if I've I ever mean, heard anything like that. That's no, I, the, I did. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have heard Christian Bale say that. I think it was after. I think it was after the first one was done that that it was obviously like talked about that like they would bring in a Robin, but he didn't want to keep doing it if there was a Robin. Yeah, I know. You know what? I I totally agree with with the way those with with what we got out of those movies. I think it was the right thing to do. To not yeah, I, I I do agree that the fact is that like. If there was a Robin, it would make the movie more. Um, I don't know, but I think it would also be good because, like, I think that he's a better father figure than Robert Pattinson. I mean, Robert you know Pattinson I mean? is, is still a young man, but I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't say Christian Bale's Batman or or Bruce Wayne is a is a father figure. I mean, in the Dark Knight, no, he literally he, buys a Russian ballet and puts them on a cruise, puts them on a boat. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, if your dad didn't that, wouldn't that you be like, hell yeah? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't mean you're a good father. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, oh, but if he, no, but if they like a change... cool uncle, that's like a cool <laughs> uncle thing to do, not a good dad thing to do. Yeah, but I mean, that's that, you know, that's the, that's the different, right? That's like, because that's after one that's the second movie right so like mm -hmm. if if he if robin is in that movie do um you know do we see uh is it different like is he not buying a russian taking all the russian ballet dancers out to his uh on a you know sailboat you know and mm -hmm. yeah i mean if if robin if there was a robin to be put in this movie or in this universe with like with the batman universe with robert pattinson i think it'd be really interesting because maybe like they they, they would be they would kind of they would i think it would humanize uh robert pattinson's bruce wayne more and maybe have him a bit more maybe a, a bit more uh lively with mm -hmm. other people it might help him bring him out of his shell if anything yeah. If anything, it'll help him have a companion, someone to bounce off ideas off of, you know, not just have uh, Alfred there. Because in this movie, he kind of just puts Alfred kind of to the side and he's like, oh, you're not my dad kind of thing. And then and then it's like, oh, shit, like, you know, you, you know, you, you are someone who's actually important to me. And I, you know, I regret that. And I think he kind of like needs that kind of like empathetic mm -hmm. uh, humanity. Uh, in him because in this movie he doesn't have it you know he's he's just he's he's on a war path right mm -hmm. something to humanize him i i like that yeah. i i liked both of your ideas of how to bring him in either with dick grayson and bloodhaven and the catwoman connection or 
Tim Drake figuring it out on his own, doing a whole yeah. mini detective story on the ground level, just yeah. on the streets of Gotham of this one kid just trying to figure it out. I mean, I kind of I'm kind of more partial to the Tim Drake idea you had because yeah, the, yeah, the Tim Drake idea. Adding that in legit. seems easy if you were to make a story. Uh, I don't know where the story. I'm not going to speculate about where the story could go, but it seems like that'd be a cool side storyline. And then halfway yeah. through the movie, you have Tim Drake confront Bruce Wayne like Wayne Tower and go, "Hey, I'd like to talk to you about something." And then it's Similar to how Joseph Gordon-Levitt told yeah. Christian Bale's Batman, yeah. I know that you're Batman. Exactly. I'm going to shout out to my friend Keith at work for, for that tidbit, because that was all his idea. That's shout good. out, Keith. Thanks, Keith. All right, guys. For we're sure. going to start wrapping this up. So uh, give me give me some final uh, final thoughts, like ranking. I mean, uh, out of 10. Out of 10. Chris? Uh, it's a 10 for me. It's a perfect 10. 10. Oh, yeah. Same here. Mike? Uh, 9.5. I would 9. Say, no, 9.8, 9.8. We'll do a 9.8. So the average is 9.9. Here we go. The banter booth score for the Batman is 9.9. There's tons of other stuff to love about this movie too, but uh, yeah. we've already been talking for so long. I don't want to keep it going forever. Um, Final thought for me is I just wanted to say like Jim Gordon, I think Jeffrey Wright's the best Jim Gordon. Oh. We've had. Oh, I know that's yeah. controversial. Oh, oh, so it's not. Mike disagrees. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I said, well, I, I didn't say, I said I still love Michael Caine. Just to how, like, how he was. You mean Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman. (laughs) Oh, no, no, wait. Yeah. So, no, no, I still love Gary Oldman. Yeah. My bad. I don't know why I said, well, I mean, my routine's always on my mind. (laughs) Um, I still love Gary Oldman, just like the way that he um, is still trying to, like, looks from, like, the the cartoon from when I was a kid. He kind of matches that, always that look. Yeah. but uh, I still think Jeffrey Wright like killed it, and he's still. He did. Yeah. Um, I that he's still like th- to me like if I go like I haven't seen it again, so I I, I really want to focus on on his character more. But uh, I do think he did a, a fantastic job. Yeah. And there's I just no... enjoy how how in much more involved he is. You know, we get <laughs> yeah. to see a lot more of him, and not just him by himself or Batman by himself. Them together, like we get yes. to see them together a lot, and that's what was that's what I really liked about it. Also, the mutual respect between the two of them. I just thought, yeah. that the, I mean, there's obviously respect between Oldman and Bale, but th- just with Wright and, Wright and Pattinson, Pattinson goes out of his way right, right before he runs off to go just to stop Commissioner Gordon and go, you're a good cop. And then he runs and goes away because yeah. he, he like legitimately thinks he's probably the only good cop in the entire Gotham PD, probably aside from Martinez, because he seems like he trusted him too. But yeah, like I like that. And okay, another thing I loved was the one-liners they gave Batman in this movie, like, Fucking when the twins pop up and it's just like, hey, do you want to get that suit all bloody? And then he's just like, mine are yours. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, um, I got you on assaulting a cop. And he's like, you got me in assaulting three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And some people said it wasn't funny. And it's like, nah, there's some good bits in there. No, no. Oh, no, it, no it, it, the start, it was great. Especially in the start when he was like, uh, when he's like, um, uh, when he's like, oh, fingerprint. And he's like, Oh, you need a fingerprint, and then he holds up the 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 finger on the, the oh, is, yeah, oh on this the guy's drive. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that, I was thinking of like USB key, but then you said thumb drive, and I was like, oh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but I think that, I thought that was really good too. Like, um, but I think he did a like there was automatically that like connection, mm-hmm. which is like. Which I didn't think that in. I know we haven't. I know we didn't even talk about this at all. But the 
um, you know, the Batman from Justice League, um, and and um, you know, um, his his Commissioner Gordon, um, you know, being played by everyone. J.K. Simmons. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Thank you. Um, it was like there wasn't really a connection there at all. No. You only get well. You only get the one scene with them together. That's it. They yeah, gave you no, one scene. But you didn't even feel that connection at all, where you felt like in in that first scene when they when he called when he's like walking through all the cops, mm. you felt like there was a connection, like he already trusts him. Yeah. In yeah. that scene, Gordon like, respected him. Yeah, and Batman is just like, yeah, this is my guy right here. All right. Yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts from you guys, and then uh, we'll end the show. Uh, it was great talking to you, man. Um, that's great. Yeah, oh. my, it was great talking to you. Also. Uh, I just wanted to say one thing real quick. I watched the strange thing about the Johnsons. It was the most unsettling thing I've ever seen in my life, bro. That was fucking like that was gross, man. I was I felt weird. Like, but I mean, that's what Ari Aster does best is he makes you feel unsettled yep. and question everything around you. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what that that short film did. <laughs> I oh, don't everyone. recommend it, Mike. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it's, it now. Uh, thank you. I'm so glad that you told me that. Um, yeah, my final thoughts are great movie, fantastic. Can't wait to see what Matt Reeves does next. Um, uh, I would. I, I also really like the fact that he he did that whole like countdown thing of like you know that sneak peek and like you know making the. And how like people were solving riddles and stuff like oh yeah the ARG afterward dude yeah that that thing has been the coolest thing because I just, mm. it's been releasing new information every week right yeah like at that's first, how they released the deleted scene right like it was yeah. through that site yeah. yeah it was just this yeah this week they just that was the new thing this week because last week the thing that they unlocked was Paul Dano was writing a year one Riddler comic mm-hmm. himself and it's like dude are you fu- like what yes. Yes, Paul Dano. A lot of good stuff. I mean, I, I agree with you. That was a that's a cool way. I mean, it's great marketing. That's a great, great way yeah. to pull you into Kill, it. Killing it on the marketing. Front yeah. With that. For also, sure. we, we also didn't really touch on on Paul Dano. We did. Who, yeah, we did. We talked yeah, about we the Riddler. Talk, we were talking about I mean, I mean uh, yeah, no, but we talked about the Riddler itself, but we never talked about like Paul Dano. Himself. Paul Dano is the Riddler. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I thought he I thought he did a great job. There's no and, comparison to be made between him and Jim Carrey because the characters are so vastly different for both yeah, interpretations. Yeah. So I can't even, I won't yeah. even compare. I'm glad he got beat up a little bit because um, in every movie that Paul Dano does, he pretty much gets beat up. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get beat up in this movie. It's oh, nice. a little. He gets his head slammed on the on the yeah, um, with the creepy smile. Yeah, that's dope. That's I not as bad. That. If if Paul Dano was the guy that Robert Pattinson up. was. Just pummeling. When Rod Pattinson takes his, by the way, do we think that that was Venom? Do we think that that was what he injected himself with or just adrenaline? 100% Venom. Venom is adrenaline. Fuck yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking he puts that we into, he gets up. We Paul never even Dano, talked about that. Fuck. If Paul Dano was that Riddler and fucking, <laughs> like that guy, he should have had no nose. That nose should have been inside of his body. Like yeah. that, he had no blood in his face, really. Like how the fuck do you get pummeled like that and look like, you know, it, because it was okay. PG thirteen, yeah. Because they were like, "No, make it PG 13 and they were like, yep. "All right, yeah, okay." Well, boo, boo. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. But like five seconds before he, sh- the the gun goes off and shoots somebody in the face. Like, no, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh no, but don't show him get beat up too bad, you know. But someone gets murdered. <laughs> All right, boys. 
thank you so much. This was so much fun. And, I, and we got to do it again soon. I don't know yeah, when, but sure. we'll, we'll figure it out whenever the next big movie is. Oh, Doctor yeah. Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh, Ooh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, for sure. Let's All right, we'll do Doctor Strange yeah. together. That sounds great. So this was the Batman Spectacular. Uh, this was Chris DeFreitas. You can follow him at Instagram on uh, D DeFreitas K and Mike Bannock on Instagram at Mike Bannock. Thank you for joining oh, us on the wow, Banter Booth. Not, not shout out my Twitter. Wow. Oh That's my God! Rude. Shout out your Twitter then. I didn't have. I have your Instagrams in front of me. That's why. It's yeah. You can just follow. It's just Mike underscore man. It's fine. Mike underscore man. Okay. All right. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Make sure to follow the Banter Booth podcast on Instagram at the Banter Booth podcast and me at Zach Crawford. Thanks. Follow that. See shit. you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye, bye, lovelies. See you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>